Previously on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. The team that's going to beat the Lakers, that's the team I'm rooting for. I'll ask you about Africa. We ended up in Columbia. That's a whole different continent. Until you do right by Michael Vick. <laughs> hey, man. Week one means nothing in the NFL. It doesn't matter if you win by 30 or lose by 30. Don't talk to me about what's going to happen until October. Big name guys he couldn't play with. Dwight Howard, Carmelo Anthony, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook. He hadn't been able to win with any of them. The Rockets are a cap team. They've maxed out their ceiling with what they have now. So far, he's shown that he doesn't have that play off gear that a lot of the superstar players show or have. If the guys can't go out there and make it happen and perform and execute, you can't blame the coaches. The coaches don't play the game. We believe in change and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. Let it go out there today, baby. Three, two, one. And once again, our mighty ship is back on course. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Oh! Mama, there goes that man. You ladies and gentlemen, start of our show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. So glad that you are here joining us yet again. And if this is your first time, welcome aboard. This will not be your last. I certainly hope not. And it's a beautiful, beautiful day to talk sports as we settle in to our new fall routine of doing two shows per week on Tuesdays and on Thursdays. You guys wanted more and we are giving you more Tuesdays to recap. Sunday and Monday night football and Thursdays we get you geared up for the weekend so that's what we're doing and there are a couple ways that you can be interactive with all of that whether that means subscribing we want you to do that and leaving messages on the different platforms if you listen on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, hey leave a comment if you listen on TuneIn wherever you listen we appreciate the comments and the feedback and the likes and all of those good things also you can go to the Wade's Word Production com website and subscribe to the email list so you can go there and make that happen and peruse past episodes and look around the website for all the fun stuff that we have there additionally you can hit me up on social media at wade's word w-a-d-e-s-w-o-r-d and the sports talk with devin wade page and group on facebook and last but certainly not least the sports line you can call 24 hours a day 832-941-6614 leave your message leave your thoughts 832-941-6614 and you could be a part of the next podcast so this time out if you've not listened before we do a whole show so we have segments and this time out we have our headlines we have kalina with why we kneel and then we have the first of uh, a couple of guests we have for you our special teams unit member king t terrence harris from the houston defender he'll join us to talk nfl and nba and then we'll take a time out and hear from our resident dj dj anarchy on the mix We'll talk more about the music part of it a little bit later on as well. In the second half, we have a a good day segment. This is sort of where I predict what's going to happen this weekend. And I'm telling you who's going to have a good day, whether that's fantasy, whether that's gambling. I'm not endorsing it. I'm just telling you what I think. Don't get mad at me if it doesn't work out or if you want to break me off if it does work out. Hey, I'll, I'll do that too. Uh, also, then we'll have a conversation. We'll get some cooking tips for my football uh, cooks. If you want to get ready for the tailgate, I have a recipe coming up for you guys from Robin Owens from Meal Prep With Me. And we'll talk about ways to learn how to cook or get cooked for. She'll tell you more about that in the second half. Then we have a Lamont Award. That is for the big dummy of the episode. And I tell people all the time, that's the most popular segment. People are always saying, hey, man, that's a Lamont Award recipient right there. <laughs> and so if, it's always going to be at the last part of the show. So if you skip around, if you go to the very end, you will hear who is the big dummy of this episode and before I let go. So with all of that, it's time to get into a little bit of the headlines. In headlines, we have a basketball-football doubleheader as Game 2 of the NBA Eastern Conference Finals take place tonight. Also, the Cleveland Browns and Cincinnati Bengals will kick off Week 
two of the NFL schedule. So a lot going on. The NBA world is still reeling from the defeat of the Los Angeles Clippers. I can only imagine. I mean, there was a lot of anticipation for that series. The chirping online has been incredible on Twitter, on Facebook. You've seen these things. It's been incredible uh, on Instagram. Uh, Folks just shocked by this. And it's a shocking, shocking thing. And you have to look at Doc Rivers with a little side eye. You also have to look at a situation where, where was Paul George? What what happened to him? And, and I think he's been overbilled. He's been overbilled. And I think that that team, that scrappiness, that that scrappy team that was that were uh, overachievers last year, that's out of the window. The expectation in the bullseye was on them, and they did not live up to it at all. And, uh, again, we have to say more about the Denver Nuggets. The tandem of Jokic and Murray, man, those guys are just uh, – that's as good a tandem as there is in the NBA right now. And we'll see how they match up against the ultimate in LeBron. Ron and Anthony Davis, but I think that they if Murray can step up in that backcourt, that's gonna be that's gonna be big. Now as far as the Eastern Conference Finals, you know, you look at a situation where these teams are gonna scrap it out. This is gonna be a seven game series between Boston and the Miami Heat. I don't have a dog in the fight. You guys can tell me who you like in that situation and in that series. But in the SWAC, big news in college football, potentially. Haven't verified this, haven't made phone calls on this, but rumor has it that Deion Sanders is going to become the next head coach of Jackson State in the SWAC, in my conference. We play them every year, and it's going to be an exciting year if he comes aboard. There are few people in sports, when they go anywhere, they make a splash. You talk about Charles Barkley. You talk about Shaq. You talk about Deion Sanders. And they are able to get cameras on them and microphones on them, and he can bring a lot of energy to the swag. It will be another feather in the cap of the swag, which aside from the fact that COVID affected them and forced the conference to postpone their season until the spring, which COVID is affecting everybody, and it's not done affecting everybody. We see the Big Ten trying to force it. And maybe the Pac-10 will try to come aboard as well. I'm still skeptical. We're still seeing games canceled every week. LSU, Ed Ogeron saying more than half the team has COVID. So everybody has been affected by COVID. So that is, the swag is not immune to that. But aside from that, you have swag expansion. You add Bethune-Cookman and FAMU, although they won't compete in the conference this year. Uh, next year they're coming, and now you add a Deion Sanders. I think the cachet of the swag continues to grow. The question is, how committed is he? Now, again, we've seen high-profile athletes jump into coaching. We, we'll see it this year in basketball with Steve Nash. We've seen other guys in basketball able to do it. It's much more difficult in football. And I know he's done his little high school thing, and he's been around, and he's certainly knowledgeable, but coaching – college football in the swag is not glamorous work all the time it's work it's real real work and it's recruiting 365 days a year it is bus rides it's it's challenging if you are not accustomed to that and it'll be exciting to see him take on that challenge if in fact the rumors are true also you're hearing the name tc taylor we are friends of the swag we love the swag we may be doing some things honoring the swag's 100th year anniversary Uh, but this time this was worthy of headlines this is big big news if it happens and he better bring it because we're in the comms we've had some of the uh, some iconic head coaches we've had the most iconic one of the most probably top five college coaches ever 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 talking about guys like bear bryant joe paterno bobby bowden eddie robinson eddie robinson of the swag had a chance to interview him my very the very first assignment i ever did in the swag was swag media day and i had a chance to sit down and i I will tell this story over and over again with some variation not very much but he sat down with me i know it was over 45 minutes because i used the second side of the cassette tape 
And he waited while I did that. It was amazing to talk to him. It was a true blessing to hear him tell stories and treat me with the respect of a veteran sports uh, sports writer. He really did take the time with me. It was the greatest thing. And even then I appreciated it and I appreciate it even more now. But I say that to say that even in the swag, he, he caught the business because Texas Southern, we were putting it on that and towards the end of his career. But that was what happens. That's what happens in the swag. Bring it or you get got. If you coach a team, they better be ready to play because it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, you can get it on that Saturday. So let's see if this happens first and see how committed Deion Sanders is to actually coaching. He left the NFL Network. He was supposed to be, I guess he signed a deal with Barstool. I don't know what happens to that. He certainly won't get Barstool money. I'm sure he, he was making in the millions at Barstool. So he would have to really be committed to this on a whole different level. And maybe with all the, the fighting for social justice and the recognition and uh, the sort of the desire to uplift HBCUs, maybe he is ready to take this commitment on. We'll have to see. With that in mind, we're going to go to a segment that we call Why We Kneel. Our very own Kalina, she details some of the people who have led to led us to where we are in the fight for racial justice, starting with Cal Colin Kaepernick a few years ago and him taking the knee for this fight. Uh, we are following up, and this is Why We Kneel. Feeling the chilling moments that led to a police officer wow. shooting. Now. I mean, ultimately, wow. it's to bring Please, awareness and make people. Colin Kaepernick kneeling to protest social injustice and police. Yet unsigned by any NFL team. He's fired. He's fired. Why we kneel. On April 29th, 2017, at 11 p.m., Bulk Springs Police responded to a call reporting several underage kids drunk walking around at a party. When officers arrived, partygoers fled, allegedly from the sound of gunshots. Many people left by car. Officer Roy Oliver attempted to stop a car he claimed was backing into the street, quote, towards the officers in an aggressive manner. Oliver fired five shots from his AK-15 rifle into the car, hitting the passenger in the head and killing him. That passenger's name was Jordan Edwards. After the incident, Oliver also claimed he felt his partner's life was in danger. Body cam footage later revealed the car was, in fact, moving forward, not backward, and officer's partner testified that he did not feel in danger. Oliver was fired May 2, 2017, and on May 5th, he was charged with murder. Oliver turned himself in and was released on $300,000 bail. On August 20, 2018, Oliver went to trial. After five hours of deliberation, the jury found him guilty of murder, and he was sentenced to 15 years in prison. His lawyers planned to appeal. Jordan Edwards was 15 years old. He had a bright football career, and he is why we kneel. For more content, go to WaysWordProductions.com. Want to thank Kalina for the Why We Kneel segment. That's something we will be running on Thursdays. On the Thursday editions, we'll run that throughout the football season. And if you have comments or suggestions, just hit us up at 832 941 6614. I'm sure Kalina would appreciate either suggestions or your comments, your take on it, because I think it's something really, really special that we're doing here. And I hope you guys really appreciate that. With that, let's get into our conversation with King. T, our guy Terrence Harris from the Houston Defender, an esteemed writer from, he's written all over the country. He's been uh, covering the NFL, NBA, MLB for years and years and years. And this time out, we're going to talk some NBA and some NFL with Terrence. King T is back again with the new topic. King T is back in the building. Terrence Harris, how are you this afternoon? Yo, yo, man, I'm doing well. How you doing, my brother? Good, man. Just a lot of surprises in the world of sports, but football is underway, and it feels surprisingly normal, and we'll get more into that. But it's also a very shocking time as an earthquake of sorts from the West Coast happened, even though it happened on the East Coast. The L.A. Clippers blew a 3-1 lead, and that is all that anybody is talking about. 
I don't know what that pain feels like. I know that the Rockets overcame a 3-1 deficit, but what are your thoughts on the Clippers blowing it and blowing that 3-1 lead to the Denver Nuggets? Well, here's here's what I got to say about the Rockets overcoming a 3-1 deficit. Guess who it was against? Charles Barkley and the Phoenix Suns. Well, yeah, and they've also done it against the Clippers, They sure did in 2015. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and against Doc Rivers. I mean, you know. Well, you know, I only called the championships first. So we we won a championship in in 94. And the 3-1, right, right, right. I got you, I got you. But, yeah, I mean, you know, the thing is, when you're up against a t- on a team 3-1, you know, you're supposed to put your, your, your foot on their necks and, and, and take them out, man. Now, my city, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, and, and clearly we came back from a 3-1 deficit in the finals back in 2016. That was with the help of the referees. That was the help. The league helped y'all by kicking Draymond out. So, don't, come on. No, 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 don't go there, man. <laughs> I mean, everybody want to say that, but don't nobody want to, you know, give us any credit for but we could have won the year before that because if we had had Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving, you know. But don't nobody want to give us that credit, so I don't give it to them on the other end either. Because <laughs> last time I checked, Draymond was on the floor when we when we beat him too. Well, yeah, but so, so it wasn't like he was still sitting out. So they just lost, always remember that they lost a swag by the time that happened. <laughs> yeah, well, if I was on them, then I ain't got nothing to do with Draymond missing a game or two. He shouldn't have been committing the fouls he was committing. That was his fault. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> I mean, you know, but yeah, I mean, it's it's it's, it's tough. I mean, you know, when you lose, when you up three one, you feel like we we on our way. I mean, but it's, I think it's starting to come out more and more. Some of the chemistry issues that that are going on or have gone on this season with with the Clippers, because a lot of times it really ain't as simple as you know get two all stars and, and and mix. I mean, it don't work that way, and especially when you basically took you took the team last year that was fairly successful, the Clippers team without those two, you added these two. So it's always gonna be a little bit of a division. It wasn't like they were like dogs. I mean, you know, last year. I mean these guys this was a playoff team last year. And so it wasn't like they were like at the bottom feeders and they felt like they needed these two guys to to, to you know, to be anything. So I think there was always kind of that chemistry issue. And I just feel like, you know, you, you just don't have in, in Kawhi and, and, and Paul George, you don't have those kind of alpha leaders that you would want in those type of roles. I mean, and so therefore, it just probably never, I mean, I can see how that was always a bit of a chemistry issue between the old guys who have been there and then these two new guys who came in who are very good, very talented. But, you know, and, and given, being given all of this credit for, you know, the credibility and these, these other guys saying, well, shit, we did pretty good before they got here. One thing that made it make sense, I heard someone say, any team with Patrick Beverly starting at the point guard is not necessarily the favorite to win the NBA championship. And that kind of shed some light on it because I think we overvalue Patrick Beverly as a defender and what he is able to do on the court. I think that that's part of it. I thought Paul George, I don't, I, he's, he's not part of a big two coming off of this playoff performance. I mean, and maybe. This was alluded to a little bit earlier. Maybe we we overlooked this. You remember he talked about struggling mentally in the bubble, and he had to really go through it, you know, and and talk it out, and get through that because he was having he was getting depressed right. in the bubble. Could that have been a, a a bigger factor than we'll ever talk about? I don't think so. I think you know um, you find you find a lot of players. I mean, I've I've just read so many different stories about players struggling during that during this bubble time, not just players, but coaches. I mean, you know, you're talking about you isolated these guys from, from their lives. I mean, and so, I mean, Paul was just being honest and being real about what he was going through and how he was feeling. And so I think we have to respect that, but I don't think that we can use that against him in this situation. They just didn't show up in critical times. I mean, they were up 3-1. I mean, so it wasn't like they came in and just got drove by, you know, by Denver. They fell apart. I mean, and sometimes you can fall apart when the chemistry ain't there like that or, or you know, and the, and the cohesiveness isn't there. And, and that's what Denver exposed with these guys is that they, you know, the cohesiveness that they needed wasn't there. But this wasn't about, this is no referendum on Paul George being not an elite player or, or even Ka- Kawhi Leonard. I mean, you know, it, this is about, you know, they fell apart. And you would like to think when you have a head coach who's as strong and dynamic as Doc Rivers, that he can recognize this and pull it together and stop it from happening. And Doc didn't do that. And Doc is the only coach right now, and you know, who's coaching, who's ever coached, that's lost three 
series where he was up three to one. Yeah, what does that say about him as a coach? Uh, I mean, because I have I, people say he's overrated, and I have other people say, oh, you know, kind of charge. Well, the game. I think that you you have to. And I, I like Doc a lot. I mean, it's, it's hard not to like him. It's hard not to respect him as a man and how he goes about his business and how he's willing to speak his mind and speak out on issues. Whereas you know, a lot of guys will tuck their tails and not say a, a lot. You have to separate that from the X's and O's, and I mean, and, and it just kind of looks like. I'm sorry. I mean, you you know, losing one series when you're up three to one, that's one thing. You know, you can look at it, look at that as a hey, everybody chalk it up to the game. But two, I think you start looking at the guy's side eye. Three, I'm sorry. I'm looking at you like, dude, I don't know that you're the right guy to lead my franchise. And I, know, what and, the and so, what the difference a championship makes in Boston? That you know what he had, what he done in, had done in Boston is really his saving grace. Otherwise, he'd be another Mike, Mike D'Antoni almost. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. And so that that's the thing that's going to, you know, he'll always be able to have that with him. But I mean, but I'm going to tell you this, people are going to always kind of mention this, you know, this 3-1 thing as well. I mean, and especially if he doesn't get a chance to come back and right this wrong. Everybody got to understand, this was the West's perfect opportunity in my mind to really do something, to do something special. Because guess what? Golden State coming back next year. And they got the number two overall pick. And Denver's here now, and I think that we because of the market they're in, and if we just don't talk about them. We just, they don't we don't have they don't have that flashy guy. We don't have the guy to rally around and say, oh, he was a, a top five whatever pick. You know, I don't know where Jokic was picked, and I don't know where Murray was picked. I know they were highly regarded, but I mean, these guys are premier players in this league. What are your thoughts about the Denver Nuggets that we've been sleeping on forever and ever? Well, I'm, I'm kind of like the rest of the world. I ain't seen them. I mean, other other than some highlights, I ain't really seen them. I mean, you know, until until they get into the playoffs, and those guys look very good. I mean, you know, and they they make you know they make points, and and they got like. And I, what I really like about them is, I mean, they get points from a lot of different places. So you can shut one or two aspects of them down, and they got other guys who will make buckets for them. Yeah, and then I they like really the look, and they were really missing Will Barton, who's not even there and that's another key component for that team but Porter stepped up you have Gary Harris that plays well he came in off of injury Monte Morris you you have guys on that team that can do some things still I mean Jokic is just just dominant in the low block how do you see that series between the Nuggets and the Lakers well I mean I think it'll be interesting I mean I feel like the the Lakers may have too much power for them like I feel like this is a better matchup for the Lakers than the Clippers were for the Lakers if you will. I mean, I felt like the, the Clippers would have really given these guys a lot of problems because they're longer, they're athletic, and they can and they can they can shoot the long ball, and they can they can back up and then be powerful too. Whereas I, I believe, you know, like this Denver team, I don't know that they can be that force inside, even with Jokic. Uh, I don't know that they can be that that team. But I mean, they'll be good. I mean, I think it'll be an interesting matchup. But definitely, the better matchup for the Lakers. And a more problematic matchup for the Lakers would have been the Clippers. Well, you know what? I really think, honestly, if you can put – I think Murray gives them an advantage, a big-time advantage. I know Rondo's been playing well, played well in games in the series versus yeah. the Rockets, but I think Murray's going to have to be the guy that shows up. And then you're going to need a guy like Porter to step up, a guy like Harris. Or, you know, And I love what Millsap and Grant give them. They sort of are reflective of that dog that we always heralded yeah. the, the Clippers for having last year, you know, they with Montrez Harrell and Beverly, these this gutsy guys. I think when Millsap is rolling and Grant is rolling, though, they do some of that thankless stuff that you need to be successful. I want to ask you one more basketball question before we get to the in the NFL. There are a couple teams, three teams that I can think of off the top of my head that are looking at either massive overhauls or they're going to have to do something. Talking about the Houston Rockets, you're talking about the Milwaukee Bucks, and now the Los Angeles Clippers. What do you see happening for those teams? Because all of them obviously are missing something. They couldn't even get to the conference finals. What do you think any of those teams can do to get over the, the top? What the Rockets are going to do, you know, to start out with, is I just feel like, you know, they're too far down this road. I mean, you know, Daryl Morey committed too much to this small ball. You can't just change this overnight. I mean, you know, you can't just say, uh-oh, this don't work. We're going to go back to, you know, to more of a traditional way of playing, you can't do that. You have to continue down this road now. But now you have to go out and find a coach 
who can coach this, you know, and that's going to be the key. Can it, can, can Sam Cassell come in here and do that? Can Tyron Lou come in here and do that? You know, and bring the energy that these guys are going to need as well to the table. I mean, so that's what you have to decide there. I don't know that you can really, that you have a great, a lot of flexibility and completely breaking apart this team. I mean, you can maybe move some, some minor pieces around, but at the end of the day, it's kind of what it is. I really kind of think in that Eastern Conference, you got Brooklyn coming back with Durant and Kyrie. But by and large, I think if you add one-third legitimate score, which Bledsoe didn't turn out to be, I think that this team is probably closer to getting to the NBA Finals than are the the Clippers and the Rockets. I mean, what's your take on that? Well, I mean, I think you're, you're, you're probably right there. Um you know, I, I once again with the Clippers. I mean, it just depends on who the coach is. What coach you bring? If you if you don't, you know, if you don't bring back Doc, I mean, who are you gonna bring in to coach those guys? And if you bring back Doc, then you got to make a decision about you got to really work on the the chemistry piece of that that team and, and making sure that that's smooth. And if it's not, you got to start maybe moving out pieces that aren't gonna make that are stopping it from being good. Because right now it just seems like they're not in sync, and that's the problem. But they, they got the talent. They got enough talent to win, you know. Um, and and they, they may have the best talent in terms of being able to compete next year with, say, a Golden State and Denver and the Lakers. I mean, I think, you know, the, the West is going to be fun to watch. And then we can't even forget about Portland, you know, in that mix. I mean, so I think the West is going to be fun. And I think the, the Clippers, you know, they, they had the pieces. It's just now you got to fix the mental. You know, and and obviously sometimes that can be a lot harder to fix than the physical part. So it'll be interesting to see what, what happens there. I look, I look on the and look in the East, and uh, and I don't know. I mean, I still I think Boston. I think my we're watching Miami right now. I mean, Miami's real. Yeah, Bam Adebayo you know, they, they, and uh, yeah, Tyler they, Hero they, yeah, and they, those guys. Yeah, yeah, they they've done the work, man. I mean, it ain't just like you know Jimmy Butler. You know, start Jimmy Butler in and and voila. I mean, you know, Jimmy. You know, Jimmy Buckets has been have been phenomenal, but they also have Pat Riley has put together a very quality team quietly, you know, through the draft, uh, and, and so he has. They, they got a good team there, so I think that they're going to still be there. I mean, you know, and there's nothing to say that they won't win this year. I mean, you know, you got Philadelphia, depending on what coach they bring in there. Uh, you know, whether it's D'Antoni or, or, or Lou or, or whoever it could Indiana's be. Indiana's a team uh, that can com- compete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think, I think Indiana's still, a t- you know, there's still some players, there's still some players where they got to make some moves to get better, to really get back into that elite conversation in my mind. But you got quite a few teams in the East that are going to be, you know, fighting it out, man. And, uh, so that's going to, that's going to be real, real interesting, uh, going into next season. So it's going to be interesting. I think Milwaukee has some tough questions to answer. So let's shift gears and talk about the NFL. Uh, disappointing week for a number of teams around the NFL. You feel disappointing for Philadelphia, disappointing for the Dallas Cowboys, disappointing for the Texans, although not unexpected. What team, uh, what, do you, what did you see in week one that surprised you or didn't surprise you in, in all the NFL? Well, I think um, I mean I'd have to take it to uh, to the game that I kind of had a dog in a fight, and that would be the uh, Baltimore Browns game, and 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 watching what, what Jackson did and how he's grown really as a quarterback. I mean, this dude was dropping straight dimes against the Browns. I mean, you know, and it was hurting my heart every time. But I mean, here's the guy that we were used to pulling the ball down a lot and running and beating teams with his legs, and this year. I mean, in that first season opener, I mean, he was whooping them with his arm, man. I mean, the way that he was dropping balls and into his receivers, I mean, on on the money and looking like a real dangerous quarterback. And we still know what he can do with his legs if, if, if he decides to. And so he's now so dynamic until it's almost scary. And so watching them, I recognize what the Kansas City Chiefs, the defending champions, did against the Texans, of course. But I'm looking at Baltimore, and I'm like, yo, they just told us in no uncertain terms, we back and we're better. Yeah, man. And what does that say about where the Browns are? They play, obviously, tonight. What's your take on the, on the Cleveland Browns? Because all of a sudden, the pressure is starting to ramp up on Baker Mayfield. Well, I guess, and, 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 and it should. I mean, you know, the pressure should be 
on him to, you know, to, to produce. It's time. It's time to stop talking. It's time to stop coddling this guy. And it's time for him to show up and play. And, uh, and so he needs to be better. You, know, you want to give him a pass because last week was just, I mean, I don't think the Browns ever were going to have a chance to win that game in that situation against that team. I mean, this was, I mean, this is a very good Baltimore team that came back pretty much whole from last year. The Browns, once again, as we continue to do every year, I mean, we're starting over in a lot of ways. New coaching staff, you know, a lot of new pieces here and there. Uh, you got you got a new defense, new offense, no benefit of a preseason game. This was always a recipe for disaster for them. When you look at it, so you can't really get too down on that one game. I mean, but it certainly has to be a little bit concerning. But you can't, I mean, like, I'm not willing, I'm not ready to throw the season away. I, game time, you can't simulate in practice ever. So the first time that they ever really got a chance to see what they had was last week against our very, very good Baltimore Ravens team. So I think, you know, next year, next week or tonight, I should say, you know, we'll see maybe how much they've grown. I mean, because it's always been said in the NFL, and football period that you get better because substantial growth between week one and week two. Now, unfortunately, they only have four days to get to week two. <laughs> so let's see what they can do. I mean, you know. <laughs> any final thoughts uh, heading into week two and, and, and following uh, week one? Any final thoughts on the NFL? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, I I, I want to see some things. I mean, like I said, you know, you, you pointed out, you know, the Cowboys. I mean, there's so much hype behind, you know, around the Cowboys, and and this is going to be their year. And of course, they go out to LA. I mean, and they they lose, they drop, they drop one. I mean, you know that that people thought that they should have. And so now you you, know, you come back to week two. I mean, you want to see where, you know, where they at. I mean, can can they come up? Can they snap out of it? I mean, you know, you got the you got the Texans. They don't need to start zero and two. Yeah, but it's hard. Like I said, they're playing Baltimore at home, but yeah, still, but, huh, that's yeah. a tall and, and, and order. Right now, unfortunately, <laughs> home field at home field advantage ain't what it what it used to be. So you know, it, it's just a game. It's a, it's, a, it's it's like a a glorified scrimmage in some ways. I mean, you know, it's just you and them, and so uh, it'll be interesting to see. But I mean, they they need to win. Yeah. You know, they 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 need, they need to win, and I, and so. Hopefully, you know, they spent a lot of time watching that tape. I mean, and I'm sure Bill O'Brien and his coaching staff and, and Weaver and them, they're sitting there saying, oh, my God. I mean, this guy's <laughs> come back even freaking better. I mean, how is this possible? So what are you writing about this week in the Houston Defender? And how can folks reach you on social media or read your stuff or uh, sort of uh, ingest some of your content? This week, I took a look at. I, I just kind of took a look at the the Rockets and kind of, you know, where do they go from here, sort of, so to speak. I mean, you know, does does this small ball approach work? I mean, does it, and does it really work in the postseason? I think, you know, in my mind, this, this type of small ball, the small ball, quote unquote, is is, is great for. Is, I think it's great for the regular season when you have a bunch of one off games where it's hard to kind of you know just lock in and. Here for this. A lot of times you only have one practice to kind of, and then a film session to show these guys, hey, this is what, so it's hard to really prepare for it. But I think once you get in the postseason, you can truly game plan for it. And I think that, you know, you're going to have, you're going to have problems. You'll always have problems. That's why they went to a seven game series against the Oklahoma City team that they should have blew out, even without, you know, what Russell Westbrook. But, you know, I think small ball, because you've you got it, it, it's, it's so much is predicated on that three ball. And you have to be able to do something else when that three ball ain't falling. And you also need to be able to defend and rebound. And that, that style of basketball doesn't, it just doesn't lend to that. And so I took a, a kind of deep look at that, you know, what that's going to look like going forward if they continue along those lines. And I just don't think the result will be any different with any other coach. And folks can reach out to you on social media. How can they uh, get to you? Uh, hit me on Twitter at Terrence Harris. I mean, and, and say what's up. Follow me, you know, or whatever, you know, or, or, or rip me if you want to. It's, it's, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm good with it either way. 
Want to thank our guy Terrence Harris. If you have comments on Terrence, hit him up on Twitter or let us know, 832-941-6614. With that, going to take a time out here from our sponsor, Cobank Homes, and also from our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy. This is the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast, anywhere you get your podcast. Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and Cobank Homes. The vision at Cobank Homes is simple. And it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832 757 7950. That's 832-757-7950. Cobank Homes through Keller Williams. See them looking at you oh, I'm wishing they can have you And as a matter of fact I brought you to my kitchen For you scratching them I'm tired of hiding what I'm creating I'm trying to come with the red That's how I got DJ Anarchy on the mix Welcome back Of course you can check him out on SoundCloud Or look him up on Instagram It's DJ Anarchy Our resident DJ Again if you have music Hit us up Music at Wade's Word Productions the genre doesn't matter. All that's important is that uh, we wanted to sort of be radio edit, but even if not, we want uh, want you to send us your music, and we'll play a snippet at the halfway point in an extended portion of a mix or an entire song at the end of the podcast. Well, you know, we're doing two shows a week. I am going to get into some segments, and the segment that we ran last year, and this is called Good Day. In a good day, I'm going to tell you who's going to have a good day on Sunday. Uh, teams, players, these are my predictions. So get your, you definitely want to get your thumbs to work and uh, your pad and your pencil and take some notes because here are who is going to have a good day. I do the pigskin pick them, and you still have time to get in on that if you're looking for a league to get in to pick against all of us. It's like 16, 17 guys, a lot of former pro athletes, a lot of guys who know football are in on that. And if you want to get in on that, you certainly can. Sports Talk, Devin Wade on ESPN if you want to get into that group. But if you are picking, here are the teams you might want to go with. The Seattle Seahawks were as impressive last week as any team. Man, Jamal Adams is a grown man. That dude can ball out. They host the New England Patriots. Again, Cam didn't have an impressive passing day, but he had a lot of yards on the ground, the two rushing touchdowns. So he he was good. He was he was good to go. But this is a different animal now, especially with the way that they use Jamal Adams. Let's see if he can do it again. I think he can take the Seattle Seahawks. The Rams will beat up on the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles allowed eight sacks of Carson Wentz last week. That's a big problem. I don't think you go from eight to zero, especially when you have Aaron Donald on the other side. And what he did, he had a a season-long highlight film in one game versus the Dallas Cowboys. He's going to do it again, and the Rams will beat the Philadelphia Eagles. They'll go to 0-2. Ravens, hey, man, the Ravens are rolling, and nothing is going to stop them here in Houston. It should be a fun quarterback battle, you would think, but, hey, you haven't established the number one receiver in Houston. They could not get their passing game going. Everything worked for the Ravens last week. I think they will win that game. Pittsburgh. 
will continue to do their thing with Ben Roethlisberger. And they have the Denver Broncos at home. They'll go to 2-0 on the season. If you're looking for an upset, now this is just a suggestion. You don't have to take this one up. But the Raiders, home opener in Las Vegas against the Saints. And you say, well, how, would you, how could you possibly pick the Raiders over the Saints? Well, if Michael Thomas doesn't play and Emmanuel Sanders don't play, if he doesn't play, man, they could be depleted to say the least. Alvin Kamara could be enough. Tight ends could be enough. Traycon Smith and the receiving court could be enough. Not sure about that, but if you want to look for upset special, look for the Raiders over the Saints in their Vegas home opener. If you're looking for individual players, look no further than Lamar Jackson. Last week, 20 of 25, 275 yards and three touchdowns. It only gets better because he's coming to Houston and that defense didn't show any signs of life. Although, they didn't allow a lot of passing yards last week, but then again, Pat Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs didn't have to pass the ball. They ran it so well. Speaking of which, the guy in the backfield with Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, he will have a big week. If you allow Clyde Edwards-Elair to have 25 carries for 138 yards in his NFL debut, what do you think Mark Ingram is going to do to you? Last week he had 10 carries for 29 yards. It won't be 29 yards or 10 carries this time out, so take Mark Ingram. Robbie Anderson, he's going to have another big week. Last week he had six Six receptions for 115 yards and a touchdown. And you have to say Matt Ryan. In a losing effort last week, he went 37 of 54 for 450 yards and two touchdowns. I think he will be able to do it again. As the Atlanta Falcons take on the Dallas Cowboys, hey, he's going to put up more big numbers. Not saying they're going to win. I'm saying he's going to get his, especially if they go down early and he has to throw the ball 54 times. He's going to get it done. So that's it for all. All of the fellas and teams that are going to have a good day. you write those down so you can check to see how proficient I was. We'll follow up with that on Tuesday, but hit me up or either on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page or group on 832-941-6614. Well, sort of disseminating all of that information and making all of those correct picks creates an appetite. And I don't want to eat junk food and I don't want to eat out. I want to cook well. And I want to cook healthy, something that will nourish my body and give me energy to do the things that I need to do. Where do I go for that? Well, there's one source, and this lady has been on the podcast before. Robin Owens with Meal Prep by Me joins us. Now, she started the cooking classes where you can prep your meals, healthy meals, in a short time and sort of get learn how to do it and make your life easier and healthier at the same time. Well, obviously, COVID came along and that disrupted some things and forced her to make some changes. She has. She's expanded and evolved and changed, and we're going to talk about that and, fellas, and ladies, she is going to give us a fail-safe recipe, something that we can prepare on Sunday or Saturdays or whenever we watch our games. We'll have a, a healthy alternative, uh, something easy and filling and all of those good things. She's going to tell us all about it. Then we're going to have the Lamont Award on the other side for the big dummy of the episode. But right now, here is our conversation with Robin Owens. How are you this afternoon? Hey, Devin. Good afternoon. I am doing well, all things considered. Now, how have you been weathering the COVID lockdown and all the things that have come with COVID since March? You know, it's been interesting. Always looking to find the blessings and the silver lining in a really crazy situation. I've really enjoyed the extra time with my family. I've enjoyed slowing down some of the busy hecticness I've gotten accustomed to over the past year. So it's been a nice change of pace. But in addition to that, of course, it's affected my business as well. And so the exciting things that I've been able to see is how we pivoted from doing in-person classes, which is what we talked about last year when we talked, to really providing more personalized meal services for individuals and also doing some virtual classes. So, And, um, and I want to get into all of those things. 
things, but one, and we will. I want to ask you because for a lot of folks, it was a revelation when they were forced for a while there to cook at home and prepare meals every single day. And it was a nightmare for a lot of people. Did you find that you were in peak demand at that point where people were like, what do I do? I need some recipes. I need to learn what I'm doing in the kitchen. Absolutely. And that came that came about a couple of different ways. At first, it was really, really slow. And then when people that revelation that you just said hit hit with everyone, like I, I cannot continue to do DoorDash or Uber Eats for, you know, fast food or whatever. Like I cannot keep functioning like this. And people really started reaching out. I've had some small groups and some small businesses engage with me to do virtual classes to teach them how to cook, some healthy meal options. But I've also had individuals who I'm now doing individual uh, meal preparation for. And so I'm able to I'm able to create a healthy menu and then people have the option to purchase those meals and then we deliver, you know, in the greater Houston area. So that's really the biggest pivot um, that we've had. I've got a, a pretty good loyal customer base that's growing um, really every week. So in those with, with those individual meals, are you doing mostly vegetarian, vegan stuff or are you doing anything and everything? What what is sort of what are people demanding with that service? I do a variety. And so I do some vegetarian options. I do some meat-based options, and and really people end up choosing a variety of things based on the menu that I offer each week. I typically avoid beef, don't do any pork. Most of my meals don't have any dairy in them as well, but um, and and actually quite a, only a little bit of gluten. So, but they're not strictly so. But I do. I, I have a couple of really good vegetarian options: a vegetarian chili that I do, a vegetarian stuffed pepper. And also do some really good high-protein, you know, grilled chicken and veggies, as well as um, a taco bowl that's really tasty and popular. And then I also have fish and shrimp dishes that I offer as well. So people get a good variety when they look at my website and decide what kind of meals they might want to try. Now, how have you evolved in in this lane from where you were the last time we visited? What have you added? What, how have you sort of changed? That's a great question. And I think it's one of those situations where it was grow or die change or die, because the old model of what I was doing was just simply not workable in a COVID environment, in a lockdown, in a quarantine environment. You couldn't safely have people gather for a cooking class. And even if you decided to do it against recommendations, most people would not participate. And so what we've ended up doing, I've invested in a, in a completely different website platform. So now I've got a, a, a full ordering capability on my site that helps to identify um, meals by customer and then also has a delivery uh, options for everybody, you know, like I said, within the greater Houston area. So making that pivot to the recipes that I would have taught in a classroom, gathering a, a, a selection of, you know, 10 to 15 recipes that I, I provide on rotation, I'm able to extend the same healthy eating to individuals that's really going to hopefully hold them over until such time that we can go back into classroom settings again. Or potentially some people will, will continue to do meal delivery because there's something else I've realized during this time is that some people enjoy the class for the socialization aspect of it and for the things that they learn, but many people don't consistently want to cook and don't want to cook and cook in a healthy manner, that's going to help them to achieve their, their weight loss goals or their weight maintenance goals or whatever their individual lifestyle goals might be. How have you gone about developing new recipes or sort of perfecting your, uh, your recipes and all the things on your menu? It always starts with what I like to eat, and that's what I base it off of. I base my recipes off of what do I like to eat, what has been the fuel that has helped me to maintain muscle tone, that's helped me to lose the weight that I want to lose, et cetera. And so I start there and then begin to, to pivot and expand. But I also go back to one of the, the principles that I would teach in my classes all the time, which is that meal prep has to be simple if it's going to be effective and if you're going to be consistent with it. So my recipes, even with the meals that I individually prepare for, for people, are still going to be very simple, a simple list of ingredients, a nice variety of flavor profiles, but easy to prepare and easy to enjoy if you're eating it after, you know, a, a day or two from when you receive them. So keeping it simple, keeping it tasty, keeping it fresh is really what uh, probably are my, uh, my go-to rules for when I decide what my recipes are going to be. So you talked a little bit about some, the virtual aspect, the virtual classes. Is that something that you still are going to do or do? Are you doing currently or 
if people just want to zoom in and check it out that way, I know you don't have the same social aspect of it, but you still have an opportunity to learn in person, not in person. In real time. <laughs> yeah, in real time. There you go. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yes, virtual classes are still a part of what I offer. And I will do virtual classes for a small group. And I still do concierge service, which is more of a one-on-one cooking class virtually as well. I did a couple of those earlier in the spring and had a great time. It's different than being in person with someone in their kitchen. But when I have, I typically will set up a camera that's on my stove and then have a, a camera that's on me as an individual. So they get two views to see what my stove looks like or what my prep area looks like. And then also to for me to interact with them kind of on a one-on-one basis or for me to interact with my class. And so, and so yeah, I've been able to utilize you know those tools to make those classes um, as enjoyable and personable as possible without being in person. What's the demographic of your your clients at this point? What kind of folks do you seem to be coming across as constant clients for you? It varies. Um, most for the most part, my clients are going to be uh, professional individuals who are generally have a pretty busy schedule and who have who, who like the idea of eating healthy, but don't want the burden of the commitment of the shopping and the, and the deciding what to eat and how to cook and managing all those pieces of it. So I get a variety. I've male and female clients, and really, they are, most of them fall into that you know that that category. So I have some single, you know, some families. But it's more than likely it's in individuals that I know how to eat healthy. I appreciate healthy meals. I just don't have the time to do it myself. So I want to ask you, one of the reasons why is for some of us, and again, a lot of social justice stuff going on in and around the NFL. And I know a lot of people aren't necessarily partaking in the NFL, but it's that time of year. It started to be that football time. You want football food. And I said, who can I get a good recipe from? And I said, well, you know what? Good, healthy recipe, Robin Owens. I have to hit up for the podcast. Give us a recipe. Is it something that the fellas or the ladies can put together maybe Sunday afternoon while watching the game or before the game start? What do you recommend? I have a great recipe. If you have five ingredients and about 15 minutes, you can make this delicious vegetarian chili. Right down my alley. What do you got? I have my my pen and pencil, my pen and paper ready. (laughs) <laughs> okay, perfect, perfect. And, and I'll tell you, you know, we I, I'm, I'm a local, I, you know, you know, I'm a native Houstonian and a, and a native Texan. And so I always like to be able to plug my local grocery store. So H-E-B is where I get all of these ingredients. And so if anybody is listening out there and wants to know where to get all of this stuff to shop for, that's, that's my go-to. So you need what they call the H-E-B Creole mix, which is a fresh chop of onion, garlic, bell pepper, etc. that um, just comes chopped and ready to go. You'll need a, a container of fresh butternut squash, which is right there next to that uh, Creole mix, a can of black beans, a can of Rotel tomatoes, and um, a package of soy riso, which is a soy chorizo that's sold in the produce department. That's everything that you need to make this dish. Okay, and so you just dump all that in the pot and you're ready to roll, or do I have to add water Not or bar? Not quite that simple. Not <laughs> quite that simple. So I'll try, I'm going to give you a couple of quick steps. Put a little bit of oil in your pot and, and start to uh, get get like a soft pot, like what you would normally make spaghetti in or your normal chili pot. And pour, dump that uh, that container of Creole mix in there and let that, those vegetables saute and soften a little bit, you know, maybe a seven or eight minutes for that. Then cut open that soy riso, put it in. Mix that up and let that continue to saute. Drain your black beans, dump that can of black beans in there, and then open the can of tomatoes and put it in there as well. You might want to add a little bit of vegetable broth or a little bit of water if you want your chili a little bit thicker. And you're going to let that that simmer for about uh, 15 minutes, and then you're going to be ready to eat it. Literally, it's that simple. That sounds so easy and so appetizing. So easy and so tasty. If you wanted a little bit chunkier, I mentioned that you could get um, a container of butternut squash that's already cut up and ready to go. If you like that butternut squash in there as well, you want to uh, toss that in the oven on 400 degrees for 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes. And then once it's nice and, uh, and roasted, just dump that into the pot as well. You mix it up and you are ready to eat. Man, that, now that sounds like hey, that and a nice, uh, <laughs> nice beer, and we're good to go. <laughs> exactly. You we, make some brown rice to put over that. You can put cheese on top of it, sour cream, whatever. You can put it over nachos. 
you can do with it whatever you want to. Um, or you can eat it just like that. We eat it. That's a staple. I make that. I make that chantilly every single week, and we eat it. We eat it every week as as at least one meal a week. I, I have that at least one. Well, that's awesome. Well, how can folks get in touch with you and uh, uh, the website and, and and classes, concierge service? What? How can folks reach out so to you? I'm glad you asked. They can always find me mealprepwithme.org is my website. Okay. Mealprepwithme.org. They can always find me on Instagram and Facebook at mealprepwithme underscore H O U on IG and mealprepwithme H O U on Facebook. Well, I tell you what, I'm, and, and what's the price point? Because I know people, sometimes people think that it's, it's cost prohibitive and, oh, you know, that's, that can get kind of pricey. Give us a, an idea of a price point. For- Absolutely. The range, the range of my meals, meal and snacks on my website range from 6 to $13. Oh, that's not bad at all. That's not at all. And the thirteen dollars—that's your trout meal, that's your shrimp meal, and wow. we even. And also, let me share this with you for your guys. We've got regular sized portions and large portions as well, so they can opt for either one of those, and they're priced accordingly. But if you've got a guy says, you know, I, I need, you know, I need a little bit more to sustain me throughout the day, we'll give you. You've got an option to uh, to select a large portion. Well, that is awesome. And then, uh, do we have the option to pass the food off as our own? <laughs> Absolutely. You pull it, listen, when you pull that container out and you take that label off the top, you can say you made it and I will never tell the difference. We certainly appreciate the time and continued success because, you know, again, like everybody else, we're trying to find our way through this new era. Instead of just sort of plowing ahead, ignoring it like some people, a lot of us have to make adjustments and trying to find a way to make those adjustments in a safe and really in an intelligent fashion uh, in these these crazy times. Well, we certainly appreciate Yes, we appreciate the time. And it's always great uh, uh, talking to you. You, Like I say, a little ball of energy there. So we always appreciate the energy. I appreciate it. I appreciate you thinking of us. And if any of your customers, any of your listeners want to try our meals, just hit me up and we're happy to deliver. I want to thank Robin Owens for joining us. And if you try that recipe, please take a picture of it. Go foodie, go full foodie and take a picture of it and share it with us and or share it with me and I can share it with her or vice versa, however you want to do it. But I may do that and share that on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page or group. Well, with that, it's time for the Lamont Award. I don't want to wish you no bad luck, but I hope your ship sinks. With no lifeboats and no life preservers and a school of piranhas surrounding you, you big dummy. The Lamont Award goes to the player, team, entity, someone in or around the world of sports that we deem to be the big dummy of the episode. And we have a very interesting situation here because we really could have two. We really, really could have two Lamont Award recipients in one incident. So if I were to tell you that a NFL linebacker headbutted a referee you'd be like what wait a minute this is miles garrett all over again this is worse this is national news this is not just sports news this is national news you would think (laughs) you would think but that's not exactly totally true it doesn't really explain what exactly happened so detroit lions linebacker jamie collins who just came to detroit on a three-year 30 million dollar contract first game out the gate First time playing for the Lions. He had an incident in which he, I guess, felt like he was that somebody dropped their head and he incurred a penalty he shouldn't have gotten. And he was trying to explain to the referee what exactly happened. Well, he put his head down in the chest of the referee. Now, what do you, why are you so familiar with the referee like that? Where did you think that this was, a, like, what level of football has this ever been okay? Now, again, he wasn't malicious and he wasn't violent. He didn't he, he didn't hurt the referee in any manner at all. But referee or official, I don't know if he was line judge, back judge, the official Alex Kemp ejected him for unnecessary contact with an official. He followed rule 12-3-E-1. <laughs> so, and that's how deep, I mean, I'm not exaggerating. That's like the NFL rule book. That's, that's how deep it is. But there's a rule for unnecessary con, uh, contact. So players can touch a shoulder or, or, or you know, high five. I don't know. You, you can make friendly contact and limited. They won't just, you know, just totally, you know, just throw you out for anything. But Alex Kemp, Deem this to be unnecessary contact. 
Now, this is where he can be the Lamont Award recipient. You would have thought, first of all, it was in slow motion. He wasn't really paying attention uh, to Collins as Collins was trying to explain. So when Collins leaned down, he slowly leaned down and, and the helmet hit him in the chest. It didn't even hit him. It touched his chest. He acted like he was shot. I mean, he almost did a supermarket fall in this situation, and he subsequently ejected Jamie Collins. Now, you are real drama king queen you're a drama person for doing what you did alex kemp but by the letter of the law he had the right the right to eject jamie collins now would i have ejected jamie collins no but jamie collins decided to do something so stupid and got too familiar with a referee this is not a rookie this is a veteran and for that reason jamie collins and alex kemp for being a drama queen both of you all are big dummies you big dummy <laughs> <laughs> guys tell me which way you lean on that is it a jamie collins big dummy or alex kemp hit me up on social media and let me know what you think now with that before i let go before i let go i want to thank our special teams unit member a guy from our stu terrence harris king t want to thank him for joining us want to thank robin owens a refreshing conversation want to thank our sponsor cobank homes want to thank kalina for why we kneel and of course i want to thank dj anarchy and i want to thank you guys all of you for listening we certainly appreciate it give us your feedback call in give us your take on everything that's happening i want you guys to have a wonderful weekend and remember these four things. Number one, I don't do no favors after six o'clock in the evening. Two, I ain't got no money. Three, I'm not harboring any fugitives from justice. And four, bye. This has been the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Remember, you can follow him on Twitter at Wade's Word. Thank you for listening.